Hey, I'm Lauren. And I'm Carrie. And we planted a church. And we didn't know what the heck we were doing. But now we kind of do. I mean, it's uh, survived 10 years. And we're still married, so that's good. So we made this podcast for couples like us who are following God's lead to start a new church. Because church planting is really, really hard. So we're here to walk you through some of the steps along the way, help you think about some of the challenges you might face, and talk about how your marriage can not just survive, but thrive while planting a church. Welcome to the Church Planting Together podcast. It's Church Planting Together. Again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And today is, uh, when do these release? Are these Mondays? Yes. It is Mailbag Monday, <laughs> folks. Mail Mailbag Monday. We need like a little bell. Woo! Oh, what do these things do? Do these buttons do things? <laughs> One of them does. Oh, they're not turned on. I wonder why. That's weird. So, again... Church planning together. Welcome back, Mailbag Monday. We got a big, big one for you. We had big a question one. today. We had a question from our friends about uh, assimilation, and this was an actual question. Yeah, unlike last time, which was sort of you know tangentially questioned. <laughs> Someone actually, somebody actually asked us if a question. we would talk about this on the podcast. They did, and uh, it's something that we'll talk about because it's something that we've. Um, learned a lot about over the years. We're going to talk about assimilation. So that is the uh, the process, the system that you that you use and employ and develop to help get people who are not connected to your church into becoming just you know members, thr- thriving attenders, whatever you want to say. Our church doesn't have formal membership, but some do. But how do we get folks who just come and show up on Sunday, first time ever, and move them to becoming part of the life of the church? And this is just what we do. Sure. There are lots of ways out oh, there. Yeah, we're, can... n- we're not the boss of you. This might not work for you, but these are just some things that we've found that have worked. And if any of it works, sweet. <laughs> so let me tell you, we've talked about uh, the difference in phases in your church, different different like you know time periods. There's times that where things are uh, less people. And you can have a certain set or system for assimilation that might look different than when you're 10 years in what you're, what you're doing. And so, you know, um, you can scale things, you can come up with different processes. Let me tell you what our um, first process was or, or kind of our main process starting out was as folks would come, we would have on the schedule every so often. I don't know if it was quarterly or monthly or however we figured it out, but we had some kind of regular rhythm to where we would invite people over to our house for dessert. Yes. And that would be it was, where... It was kind of a get to know us, yeah. ask questions about the church. Because yep. one thing we always wanted was transparency. Especially where we are, people are pretty skeptical. They want to know the fine print. <laughs> and so we always wanted to be really open to questions and open to sharing our heart and what we're about truthfully. Um, so there aren't surprises down the road for people that make them go, what have I done? Exactly. <laughs> and we learned this practice from another church planting couple who um, were in our area, just a little bit north, and we had spent some time with them. South. South. And, <laughs> and they had told us um, that this is what they did. We thought, hey, that sounds like a good plan. So we started doing that and, and liked liked how it worked. You know, we would have people over and uh, get to know them. It's a little more informal the the home setting and so that was kind of nice and so um but there were a few even even tips and tricks that are useful to know about yes and actually i was thinking our whole next podcast would kind of be on this um Preview. on kind of small hosting small groups in your house 
and what that can look like. But um, one of the things that I learned early on is that I don't have to cook the food and make the snacks. And (laughs) that was advice given to me. Cater it out if you want. Um, It's more about being with people. And there was a time that I absolutely loved that. When we did our dessert in the beginning, I made so many different fancy cookies and stuff, and it was so much fun. But then once we got going, I did not have the time to do that anymore, and that's okay. Find a good bakery, (laughs) get some world famous eclairs Eclairs, from the market, the Dick's market down the street. World famous. I'm sure you've all heard of them. You know what we're talking about. (laughs) Some of those folks that listen from Calgary, you've, you've heard of Dick's market, (laughs) obviously. And their eclairs are, uh, are, are useful in that. But you know, I did find my love for key lime pie out of this whole experience because we, because we had to get uh, some pies from uh, the store from I think the village in and we brought home some key lime and I thought this is a darn good pie. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even know I liked it. So so you know you might even uh, find something you really like. Who knows? Uh, we had a period of time that those little tiny Costco cinnamon rolls that come in the plastic container mm-hmm. and we'd heat them up a, a tiny bit and I put them on a nice tray. They were delectable. Oh yeah, those are dangerous right there. That those ones break the rule. Our friends gave us a rule uh, when we lived in New Jersey. We had a friend of ours who told us that when they go to Costco, their rule is if I eat all of what comes in this container in a short period of time, this be harmful for my health. And those will be. <laughs> and these definitely <laughs> fail that test. They would not buy it if eating all of them in a short period of but time. But if we're sharing. Right. <laughs> yep. That's true. So, so we would kind of do that for a while. And really, because I'm not a systems guy, I'm not a great strategic thinker. That's where the process ended. It was, yeah, it was not the best. No, but it was, it was something. It was kind of a, hey, we want to get to know you. Come on over. We'll have pie. It'll be great. I would not recommend stopping there, however. No, neither. (laughs) You're going to want to look at what you want the end product to be and then work backwards. (laughs) That's what most things are. You know, you, you get an idea in your head about, about where, where do you want these people uh, who are just showing up and they're interested, they, they're coming to church for the first time. Um, what do you want to see them? Where do you want to see them, you know, three months from now? And what we discovered over time was that our system was not producing that result, right? And so we kind of figured out, well, we want people who are participating in the life of the church and particularly that are connecting in a small group that are serving or that are in uh, some sort of in our discipleship process. And um, our pie just wasn't getting everybody there (laughs) as good as the key lime was. It was not as clear as it could have been to try to help people uh, move forward that way. So we've kind of developed over time uh, and we have a a connections director at our church who I think, I think our official title is the ministry engagement director director. Uh, Brent Peterson, he's a uh, he's amazing, amazing guy. But him and I uh, work well together. One of the things that he brings to the table is good systems thinking, and he can help organize and plan out a system. And not only that, but uh, then keep us accountable for it, which I really appreciate. And so we've created a workflow in the Planning Center Online. That's the church, you know, software stuff that we use and. They uh, they have they have some workflow stuff that's really helpful so that when somebody connects with us for the first time, 
there's a, uh, a strategy to get them from that point, at least in terms of our communication with them from there to being involved and plugged in, in one of those uh, key ways, either in a small group in our discipleship pathway or uh, finding their place serving in the church. And so it starts with a person giving us information. And so we have to find, we have to have some contact information from them, whether that's from a contact card or as they check their kids in, those are the key ways that we're going to get some contact information. Well, and now that we use the church center app, all of that, people can just put all that information. It's like a online contact connection card. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and so when someone fills that out, we have a, a pathway or a process that they're going to go through. So first of all, if they checked in kids in our kids check-in, they're going to get an additional step. They're going to get a phone call that next week from uh, our, our, our uh, family director, who's going to call them and let them know um, that they just loved having their kids there or that, or that they uh, or the te- or the teacher will call or somebody from that children's department will call and say, Hey, thanks for bringing little Joey he had a great time. Um, he's a little shy the first 20 minutes or so, but you know, once we started doing the coloring sheet, um, <laughs> man, he colors a Zacchaeus in the tree, like nobody's business had a great job singing the songs. And, uh, I hope, I hope you'll bring him back again. You know, uh, something like that really helps to try to, uh, let people know, Hey, we paid attention to your kid. We know yeah. what they liked and didn't like. And, uh, and we really want you to, to bring him back again. And early on when we didn't have a children and families director. This was something that we implemented from the very beginning. We had um, Amanda, which in Utah, there's not a lot of diversity and it always cracked me up because she would call and she would say, hi, this is Amanda from the bridge. I'm the Asian one. Yeah. <laughs> and then they would all know, oh, oh yeah, 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 I know who you are. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's just really nice to have a personal um just someone reach out to you and say, Hey, we're glad that you came and not in an overbearing way. Don't put your most overbearing person (laughs) on that job. It's a light touch. It's a light (laughs) touch. Uh, But this was something that we discovered because before we planted, uh, before when we were here um, getting into church planter mode, we weren't meeting on Sunday mornings from the beginning, from the get go. We were, we would take Sunday mornings as an opportunity to go visit some other churches. And we went to a lot of different churches and I'd recommend that, you know? So when you're in your, in your pre-launch phase, if you have the opportunity, go and visit as many churches in your area as you can. That was huge for us. We brought our whole team as much as we could. And in some cases in Utah, when we would bring our whole team, it was bigger than the church that we were visiting and they had to like change their whole you know, set up because, you know, this team of 12 came and, and that's, you know, they've never had that many people before. So, and, and so sometimes, sometimes you got to, things would change. Utah's an intriguing place, but, but it's you do different learn, now though. We have a lot more now. Yeah. <laughs> but you do learn some things like, um, that you will never do for children's ministry. You'll learn some things yeah. that you're like, this is, we know we can't do that. I would not recommend screaming at your children to be quiet in the middle of a sermon. That was something else. We had that. That was one form of quote unquote child care. The pastor from the pulpit was providing the child care for his kids uh, in the service, which is rough. But um, there's other ones where we had a, 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 they didn't have a teacher in the classroom, but they had a gal of a different religion who lived on the street who they could call to come and watch your kids for you if they had someone show up. That was their contingency plan. We were like, mm, I wasn't super comfortable with that one. Mm, 
Uh, that doesn't seem legit to me. So, so, you know, um, don't do that. But when we were in Fresno, we went and visited a church and, um, checked our kids in, had the whole church experience. It was fine. The kids did a good job and, and they had, they, you know, they had fun, whatever they came home. And the next day we got a, a call. I don't think we got it, but we got a voicemail. No, it was just a voicemail and but, that was perfect. But man, it was like, it blew us away. These people knew our kids. They talked about them and, uh, their teacher, you know, uh, appreciated it and wanted, wanted us to come back again. Like that was cool. So from that point on, we said, that's, that's a, a, a nice thing that we want to have parents that visit our church experience that, that someone, when they bring their kids, it's not just dropping them off and picking them up and that's the end of the relationship, but we want them to know that, that we care about them. We know them. We, we saw them. We, they were a part of the class and, and put some of those fears away. So anyway, that's the first step of the assimilation process. Really, if you drop kids off as we want you to hear from someone in that children's area. And so in that sense, the assimilation process is much bigger than you first think about because now it involves training your teachers and your whole system to know when someone's new and to, um, uh, think about things that you can tell their parents about their experience there. And so, so there's definitely some training that has to go on. Yeah. And so that's Paul, our we, part of this process. We use, um, just a special piece of paper that when a new person checks in, the person who shows the child where their classroom is hands that paper to the teacher so that they know that this is their first time here. Because sometimes if you're serving, you don't serve every Sunday. Right. You might not know if it was their first Sunday or not. Right. Yep. And so that's a, that's a, a great, you know, it all it kind of starts back there. There's a system, a new, new guest in the children's department system that kind of interlinks with the assimilation system. But that data then gets input into this, into the PCO. That's our planning center online uh, system, that workflow. Then it goes to somebody that says, here, make the call. Mm-hmm. And then it comes to me and I write a handwritten note uh, out to the person so, saying, thanks for coming. And we'd love to see you again. If you have any questions, let us know. That yeah, kind of and thing. that is for not just children, yeah, but anyone, anyone who, who fills yeah. out a yeah. So that's just the card. second step. So the yes. first step can get skipped if they don't have kids. The whole call from our children's person. You don't get that if you don't check kids in. But, <laughs> but the rest of it applies now to everybody equally. So then it comes to me. I write the handwritten card, and you know that takes a lot of time. That's like a it's like a thing. To, it takes a while to do that, but um, I just felt like. I guess here's here's the overarching here's the overarching you know theological concern here. Um I I feel it's important for churches to uh understand the gravity of assimilation process. Like I want to be a church that I know Jesus would want to send somebody to. <laughs> right? I want I want to be the kind of church that if Jesus will entrust this person to our church, that we're going to take care of them. Yeah, that, that we're going to notice that they're there, and we're going to try to get them to become fully formed followers of of Christ. Right? Not not just hey, great, and we're not we're going to drop the ball sometimes. We're not going to be perfect at it. Sometimes, even with the best system, people can resist, and I can't control any of that. But 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 we've designed the system to say how. You know, if if everything kind of goes as planned and and the things are getting there, um, are we providing the right kind of steps that'll get pers- a person able to thrive at our church? And 
That's what we want. It, yeah, it's, doesn't, it's not foolproof. It doesn't work every time. All kinds of reasons why. But um, it, do I think that our church is the kind of church that Jesus would send somebody to? I hope so. I, I hope so. I, I, think, I think so. <laughs> you know, and I think that we're improving all the time. That's one of our values at our church is that we're constantly improving. So when we figure out that this system isn't getting us the results that we want, then we'll flip the grip and try something new. But they they get a phone call if they have kids. Secondly, they get a handwritten note from uh, the pastor just saying thanks for coming. Um, that same week, they're going to get sent a box because who doesn't want to get a present who in the mail? Who doesn't want to get a box <laughs> in the mail, right? So we have a little. We had a whole bunch of boxes made that have our church logo on it. And when you open up that box, it's got a little mug in there, a little uh, uh, like a Bridge Community swag, like mug bag. Box, uh, cup thing, right? Yeah, and a lot of people will say like mugs are kind of out, and that might be true. But in Utah, we have literally had people say, "Coffee smells like Jesus" to me. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. of our culture here, kind of a big deal. It is kind of a big deal. So I have heard of other churches doing things like Chick Fil A gift cards. Sure. We got, what did they give us at that church in Florida? A free, oh, a free coffee from their mm, coffee, coffee bar. bar, a fancy coffee, things like that, that people will yeah. enjoy. Yeah, and you, you, you put your stuff in there, you know, whatever you want. <laughs> but we do a little mug. We do a little magnet that, that goes on their uh, fridge if they so choose. But it's a magnet that has the, um, uh, here's how to get prayer. So it's just like a little prayer magnet. If you need a prayer request, Here's a place where you can go. And that's got our logo on it, website, and uh, how to, where to go for prayer. So that goes on their fridge. They can know where we're at. There's a little booklet in there that has uh, information about the church, statement of beliefs. There's a little welcome letter. And uh, we give them a book. Uh, we love the book, Andy Stanley's book, um, How Good is Good Enough. It's a great book, especially in our culture here. It does really well. Uh, I feel like it's a good one I'd recommend to everybody. So we send that one out to them as well. Uh, kind of the gist of that one. It's not good people who go to heaven, it's forgiven people. And uh, that's a, a cultural uh, touch point here in our environment. So so they get a phone call if they have kids, uh, they get a card from me regardless, then they get this box that's uh, just got some Bridge Community swag in it and uh, some ways to connect with us for prayer. And they get an invitation shortly thereafter from our um, from our staff that invites them to a starting point. And that's kind of the newcomer class. It's kind of a, we want to get to know you and we want you to get to know us a little bit. And so it's a really informal thing. We do them, uh, uh, I think four times a year and, uh, or more just depends on how many people are coming, but usually we'll have enough people to make it so you can get to know some other folks in the room. It's not, it's not four, yeah. not four people, but you know, more than 40 gets a little bit out of control, but, but, uh, but we get as many as we can. Once we have a number of people registered, then um, we have that come up and we do it and we'll cater uh, a lunch. So we'll, we'll spend a little bit of money, a little bit of money, but we'll have a, a nice lunch catered there and we'll get up and just have a chance to share a little bit. We try to have our elders and some staff, at the uh, at the luncheon, so people can get to know all the people there. Here's a very important marriage tip. Yes, relational marriage tip. Um, very important. You want to? Yeah, wanna, okay. I'll say. Yeah. Do not forget to introduce your wife mm -hmm. if she's sitting there, and you introduce all the other wives of all the other staff and elders. 
Yeah, I don't know who would ever do that. That's silly. That's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, to the point where one wasn't even there. She was walking through the parking lot on the window, like through the window. And Lauren says, oh, everyone wave. That's so-and-so's wife. <laughs> well, you know, it wasn't on my mind. But as she was walking by, I was like, oh, there's that person. I'm, I'll just point out who that is to everybody. But I forgot at that moment to also... Uh, introduce your wife. He will so never forget again. Take take the <laughs> take the opportunity while you have the people there and you're introducing people to uh, introduce your family as well. Yeah, maybe put it into the PowerPoint presentation <laughs> so you right don't forget. Yes, put it right in there is good. So make sure you do that. Um, getting to share a little bit about family, get to share a little bit about the church or history and any distinctive stuff about who you are is a great idea for that assimilation time. Now our our actual goal in in that starting point luncheon is to impress upon people the importance of taking one of three steps with us. So we ask them all to consider uh, taking one of three steps, either joining a small group, uh, joining or, or entering into our discipleship pathway, or finding a uh, finding their way in, into serving at the church. And so we have a little card, kind of an exit ticket. And the card that they all have will give them, will let them choose if they want to start down one of those three paths. So we don't, we don't try to say, here's everything that's ever going on at the church. Which one would you like more information about? We give them those three and we say, we want you to jump into one of these three because these are the three that, uh, that I think get them in and connected to the life of the church, the strongest, the fastest. And so then there's a different process depending on which of those three or if one of those three that they choose or all of them, however they do it, whatever ones they choose. Now that goes into a new workflow and there's a new onboarding process depending on what they choose. And so all of those systems are all interlinked to this assimilation system. But the goal of that is to get folks who show up, have an interest. They want to, they take some steps to get to know us. We're getting to know them that then we get them incorporated into the life of the church as quickly as we can. Yeah. And one of the benefits of that lunch is that it's, all newish people and they're sitting at tables with other people who are also new and also exploring. And then most likely they'll wind up in a small group with a lot of those same people. And so it's really, it's great to make them feel like, okay, we're not the only outsiders here that are, there are a lot of people who come because we have new people come every week, but no one knows who's new because yeah. <laughs> they're new. Um, so it's actually a really good time because the way we have it situated around a meal, you're sitting at a table with people and we try to split up all the staff people throughout so that you have a chance. And Lauren kind of goes from table to table anyway, but it does serve more of a purpose than, I mean, obviously the purpose is to get them plugged in, but it can sound when we're talking about systems it can sound very businessy, like, what about the Holy Spirit? <laughs> I will tell you that our what about the Holy Spirit, like, we'll just let the Holy Spirit do it. That was our that was our have people over for dessert. If we don't have a plan, we're stopping the Holy Spirit from doing all that can well, be done. Because we're dropping the ball. Yeah, and you can't <laughs> you you certainly um the Holy Spirit can certainly be involved in, oh, yeah. in planning a system. Exactly. Right. And so, and the Holy Spirit can, can help you plan a system that's more effective than yeah, what you're I already think, doing. I think though, the less spiritually mature carry, 
used to look at, because we came from a large church that had a lot of systems and it felt like, oh, well, this is just, this is just a business. Like it doesn't, but I can see now that all of those things allow us to, to really get to know the people and to really connect people in the place that they need to be in order to grow. And it, I think it actually allows God to work better when we can be a little more organized. Yeah. And one of the things that you'll, that, that we notice along the way is how important relationships are to everything. Yes. Relationships are a key part of everything. And so that's one of the benefits of doing some of these conversations about helping people move forward into this direction or that direction with the church. Those happen in the context of relationships. And so those happen when we're spending time together, we have uh, meal time together. We're uh, we've, you know, sent them cards and boxes and all these sorts of things to kind of say, we want to have this relationship. We want to have an ongoing relationship with you as a part of the church. We value that you're here and uh, we want to help you move forward in your, in your faith. And so, you know, all of that, all of those kind of come in that context uh, that we're uh, uh, trying to help them, trying to help them reach their own spiritual goals as well, that they want to grow closer to, to the Lord. And we want that for them. So, so it's worth, I think, spending some time thinking about planning out uh, how we can do that effectively. And then if you figure, if you do something for a little while and you're just not ha- getting whatever result you think you need to get out of your systems, then, you know, that's the, what they say. Your system is created uh, to perfectly get the results that you're getting right now. And so if you don't <laughs> like the results that you're getting right now, you probably need to switch your system around and figure out how to tweak it to get a different kind of result. And the result that you want from the simulation is to get people who are coming or who come to feel like they're willing to take another step with you in their own spiritual journey at the church. So that's the assimilation question um, answered for our friend <laughs> who sent that, who asked us to talk about it. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks for tuning in. And, uh, you know, hopefully something that we said today could help. If not, um, always introduce your wife. Yes, always introduce your wife, especially if you're introducing other people's wives. That's the moral of the story, folks. So (laughs) take that, take that to the bank and you will do okay. All right. Thanks. (laughs) Okay. So that was our show for today. Yeah. If you liked it, tell a friend and do all the subscribe stuff so you can find the next one we do. Thanks for listening to the Church Planting Together podcast. See ya. See ya.